MHI Industry Leadership Podcast brings together the solutions, providers, and thought leaders of the materials handling industry to talk about trends, technologies, solutions, and best practices to move the industry forward. Christian Dow is the Executive Vice President of Membership and Industry Leadership at MHI. In each episode, Christian will be talking to the leaders and members of MHI's industry groups. Let's join him now. Today we are talking about uh, how to determine what package type to ship in with the SLAM Industry Group. Uh, the SLAM Industry Group is uh, a group that focuses on the last 100 feet of fulfillment in uh, e-commerce or uh, uh, different types of uh, fulfillment applications. Um, it really everything that from the time a package is or an order is put into the final shipper to the time it hits the dock doors and all the technologies and solutions and uh, things that, that that happen in that space. And today I have on the uh, the the podcast with me today, uh, Greg Bergig from Pack Machinery. Uh, Greg, say hello and introduce yourself. Hi everyone, I'm Greg Bergig. I'm the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Pack Machinery. I'm excited to be here. Welcome. And Gina Barrio from uh, Felons. And Gina is the uh, branding sales manager focusing on e-commerce at Felons. Welcome, Hi, Gina. everybody. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Pack Machinery does? Yeah, sure. Pack Machinery makes uh, flexible packaging machinery and materials, essentially. Um, so, allows people to package products in a bag to wrap them. We've got food packaging equipment. And with respect to this conversation, quite a bit of automation around um, packaging items in a bag. Gotcha. And Gina, tell us a little bit about felons. Sure. Um, We specialize in end of line sustainable bundling solutions in a wide variety of industries, Um, but they all have a common goal of reducing labor, increasing throughput, and reducing packaging waste. And my focus, like Christian said, is um, purely on the e-commerce and order fulfillment side. Yeah, so in SLAM op- applications, uh, you know, we see a lot of different things run through the processes and, and through automation and things like that, whether it's a box, a bag, a tote, uh, you know, kind of different kinds of things. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today is a little bit about what, uh, what types of things run through it and what are the considerations when we talk about that? Um, so let's start with the, the kind of the easy question is, you know, the, 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 the big thing is, you know, when do you ship items in a bag versus a corrugated box? And we'll start with Greg on this question. Yeah, great question, Christian. Um, you know, it depends on what the item is, certainly. Um, if it's something that is non-fragile, it can go into a bag. I think that's First and foremost, you think about apparel or fast-moving goods, uh, books, things along those lines. So certainly non-fragile, I would say. Yeah, anything to add to that, Gina? I think that covers it. Okay. (laughs) Um, So why does e-commerce packaging need to be different than traditional retail packaging? Yeah, um, so traditional retail packaging is focused on Um, display-ready packaging and trying to influence customers' decisions in the store. While e-commerce packaging, it's 
heavily um, influenced by how it ships and the condition for delivery and lead time. So um, based off of that, um, it really depends on increasing the capability to make it to the customer a lot quicker. There was actually um, a survey from ShipStation that said 87% of consumers say the shipping and delivery experience directly impacts their decision to shop with a merchant again. So it's how you can impact those packaging decisions to make sure that from an e-commerce perspective, you can um, retain consumers. Yeah, that's a that's a good thought. And, and and there's a lot to that, you know, with, you know, we talk about primary and secondary packaging, primary being kind of the store shelf ready, you know, display packaging and things like that. And then and then secondary being what can, you know, what can make it through the shipping. Greg, you have something to add? Yeah, I do. And I, I think from a, a high level perspective, like if it's going to a store, the consumer hasn't bought it yet. Right. So they're trying to market the product to get them to take that item from the shelf. If it's e-commerce, like I've already made the purchase. So the packaging is just to transport it to typically somebody's home or office or something like that. Perfect. Perfect. Um, What challenges are retailers facing as they work to address shifting customer demands? Greg? Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, sorry, Gina. Yeah. Go ahead, Gina. Um, basically with omni-channel fulfillment being a huge factor, uh, within e-commerce and since the pandemic, it's all about how to get in front of customers in the easiest way and meet their needs. But along with that, there's been a lot of unexpected challenges. So one of those is no matter what type of, um, fulfillment method or channel they're going through. How does that impact packaging? So if it's D2C versus BOPIS versus um, fulfilling orders through micro-fulfillment centers, that all needs to be adjusted in how the packaging is put together. And um, that requires heavy automation, flexible automation. Um, And then the other side of it is that data perspective and allowing um, supply chains to be more agile to utilize all of those different uh, fulfillment methods while still meeting the required SLAs um, and making sure that it is all fitting with the brand. Gotcha. Hey, can you put a definition to SLA? Sure. It is service level agreement. Gotcha. And what is, how does that impact, uh, you know, shippers versus, you know, customers, the service level agreements, how does, what does that mean? So um, I don't know if I really understand the question, but basically just trying to make sure that you select um, within your operations, the best package for each method. So if it's micro fulfillment center, maybe it doesn't need to be as much filler um, inside because it's going a shorter distance, or if it's D to C, it's that heavy focus on an unboxing experience. Whereas Bopus, um, it's just getting it to the store and then um, the customer comes and picks it up. I right. hope that answers your Bi- question. Bopus being buy online, pick up in store, right? So yes. the acronym for that. So gotcha. 
Greg, you got anything to, to add to that? No, I think uh, Gina covered it pretty well. I mean, you, you just got to figure out which, what, how the thing is, the item is going to be delivered and packaged accordingly. And you know, I think the main thing is when you're shipping something, it's, you know, you got to, if it's a, if it's a fragile item, you got to protect it in some sense. Right. So. So what are some of the benefits of, you know, you, we talk about corrugated versus uh, versus a bag and, and tell me about why would you ship in a bag versus, you know, just always shipping in a box, Greg? Um, you know, I think a bag prevents many benefits. Um, again, if it's non-fragile, uh, it's going to be less expensive. You think about the thickness of a corrugated box and the size, and I need typically some type of void fill. Um, so I'm using a lot less material when I'm shipping into a bag. Um, second thing is it's really easy to automate, um, your, your packaging process or your, uh, you know, your slam process, right. Scan, label, apply, manifest, get it out. It's really easy to automate that when it's going into a bag. I mean, I can make an operator five to six times more productive when going into a bag versus a box with some automation with a minimal investment. So um, not only the cost of the investment, but the size. I mean, you think about a lot of these uh, warehouses and stuff, they're very small pack stations, right? So you don't have a lot of room, so you can do that easily with, um, with bags. And then, you know, I think there's also a sustainability benefit. Certainly we'll probably talk about that, I'm sure, but I'm using less material, now there's curbside recyclable materials. There's a lot of benefit there compared to, you know, how many people have a recycling bin full of flattened corrugated boxes. I know I do. Well, and, 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 you know, thinking about the pack station and the, uh, the consumables that go into, into uh, packaging operations, right. Corrugate takes up a lot of space on the front end before you versus bags, which you get typically come on rolls, right. Yeah, a roll so in a box. Thousands I mean, there's of, many. Yes. Thousands of bags on a roll versus, uh, you know, you can only put a stack of 50 boxes, you know, flattened in front of somebody before it becomes taller, you know, too tall, right? Definitely. So let's talk about sustainability. Um, you know, there's both, you know, felons and pack machinery have uh, sustainable solutions, right? So let's talk about sustainabilities in in the type of packages that you ship in and things like that. So what are some of the what are some of the considerations from your perspectives on sustainability and how your solutions fit into that? Start with uh, Gina. Yeah, um, I think one of the main things about sustainability, especially from an e-commerce perspective, is once we all started ordering online, it became very um, evident, relevant to all of us that all of this excess material was all at our doorstep. And so it's kind of drawn the attention um, to the consumer and how they really are requesting and demanding of brands to be more sustainable. Um, one of the ways that people can get around that and try to help to be more sustainable through their packaging is through optimizing their dim weights. So mm -hmm. um, being able to ensure that it's the right size for the order, no matter what size order, what the consumer is 
um, purchasing. And then that allows for more packages to be on each truck, less trucks on the road, and reduction of carbon emissions as well. And then, and then really with, with what you guys do, you eliminate, you know, felons has solutions to eliminate uh, void fill and, and sometimes the box or the, the bag altogether, right? By bundling things that are ship ready, but, and then things like that, right? Definitely. Yeah. So uh, from felons perspective, um, just like what you said, Christian, the main benefit is for multi-item orders and being able to unitize them together for ease of conveyance from a order throughput perspective, but also from the sustainability approach of using less packaging material to still protect product um, during shipment. And that kind of goes hand in hand with um, right size packaging companies. And then Greg, kind of expanding on the sustainability topic, you know, with with the different types of materials and bags and, and things like that, you started to touch on the sustainability. What other considerations do you do you have on you know the- Yeah, so so certainly I think well what Gina mentioned about dim weight is extremely important, right? So I think that should uh, I want to re-emphasize that point because we certainly <laughs> offer that. I mean you don't, you don't need one size bag. I mean, how many times have you gotten a bag in the mail and it's like a huge bag and the item takes up a quarter of it, right? That is, that is just, uh, that's very fixable. Put a little focus on your process. You know, we have equipment that will write size width length automatically around the product. So that's important, right? Using less material, taking up less space in the truck. Um, so there's benefits there. And then on the material itself, I mean, there's so much happening there. I mean, it used to be just, uh, you think about a poly mailer, if you will, right? That's a polyethylene bag, which it's recyclable, but not curbside, right? I got to take it to a store and drop it off. And that's a lot of friction for the consumer. Uh, people started adding recycled content into that. So, you know, you can get 50, 60, 90% recycled content. So using, you know, resin that's already been extruded. Um, there's bio-based resins out there, right? So they don't come from, uh, natural gas or oil. So we're starting to see more of that, but I think most exciting is to see these curbside recyclable paper bags that are coming out and now available in terms of automation, right? So, um, I know we released that earlier this year, uh, you know, where the, the customer, where the packager is able to automate their process and the consumer, when they get it at their house, they get it in a curbside recyclable paper bag. So, um, really then reusing that material easily. Yeah, go ahead, Gina. I, I think that's awesome. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that on some of the different materials, you know, there's this huge focus on FSC certified materials and, um, it's, there's such a variety depending on what type of product the, um, retailer, e-tailer is shipping, that there's all these new innovative materials that go hand in hand um, to whether it's trying to reduce plastic, being curbside recyclable. Um, there's so many different avenues depending on the product. Gotcha. So is there, you know, this kind of gets us into the the trends that that we're seeing in the in the space and things like that and and Gene, I know we I sent you something this this uh, week about um, 
you know, different materials and regulations that USPS is putting in on, on size of bags and, and things like that. But what are the trends that you're seeing in the e-commerce packaging space? Yeah. Um, so we've kind of touched on right size packaging, so I'll, I'll leave that alone. Um, but just as a standard, there was a stat from uh, pack size that said on average, most boxes have 40% um, empty space. So right size packaging. Another trend is uh, custom and branded packaging, um, making that at the forefront of the unboxing experience to try to improve that, connect with your consumers and uh, get them to return back to um, your online store and order again. And similar to that is um, the addition of smart packaging and supply chain digitization. So um, trying to continue to boost consumer engagement with the brand, whether that's storytelling of the brand values or if it's um, sharing more details on the product, how to recycle. There's a lot of opportunities in that space as well. Yeah, we order uh, a sustainable products from, from Grove and they write personal notes on on the, on the boxes for you and things oh, like cool. that. And, and, but yeah, that whole uh, unboxing experience is, is become a, a huge thing over the last few years, right. With people creating social media posts and videos on, on their unboxing experience of a new product that came, you know, from, you know, through e-commerce and things like that showed up at the door and, and they, from the time they pick it up at the door to the time they open the box and then, I'm you know, finally get through it. It's, that whole process is uh, is documented and it kind of has led to a whole different, uh, you know, just kind of a whole different uh, exposure for the companies that are, that are creating that experience and that excitement around it. So definitely. Greg, what trends are you seeing in the, uh, in, in this space? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly what, what Gina mentioned about the, the branding experience and, and focusing on that, I mean, there is also actually another side to that where there's a lot of uh, retailers that don't want to put any brand on the package because of shrink, you know, shrinkage, as they call it, or possible theft, right? They want it as neutral as possible. Um, and that's certainly uh, a consideration. And, uh, you know, so, some people look at that. So, but I mean, the main trend I see is really twofold. One is implementing automation. I mean, it's so easy to keep growing. I mean, now it's harder, but by doing the same thing, right? So if you're doing it all by hand, you just keep adding labor and you keep adding more pack stations. So people realizing they can't do that. Um, one, they're running out of room in their warehouse, right? I mean, you've got your four walls or warehouse. And two, and I think Gina talked about the SLA, right? Like you get an order, you customer expects you're going to ship it out that day, right? So that means I need to get more product out the door faster. So um, we're seeing that. And then on the sustainability side, we've seen a lot around, you know, people trying to go away from plastic or recycle content or the paper. Um, and there is its own set of considerations, what considerations as far as, you know, certainly uh, paper is more expensive than plastic. So, you know, that just has to be weighed into the decision. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's a lot to, you know, a lot of the things you, that you, you already brought up with the uh, curbside recyclable versus, you know, it, it's a challenge in our household for sure is, is, you know, 
trying to figure out what's recyclable, what's not, and where it goes. And, you know, and, and they don't pick up everything at the curb anymore that they used to. And they've like here, they limited, you know, on, on, you know, on the plastics and, and other materials, what you can do, but cardboard is still recyclable curbside. So, um, but yeah, so there's a lot of different concerns there. Um, so as far as, you know, you know, labor, you talked about labor in there a little bit and, and automating things. And, you know, that there's such a challenge around, uh, labor in, in, order fulfillment these days, you know, what are the, some of the ways that, that, uh, um, that you're seeing Greg with, with implementing, you know, some of your solutions that, that this is saving labor. You talk about maybe augmenting or making a, uh, somebody who's an operator much more efficient. Like, how are you seeing that, that impact? Yeah, yeah, great. So, um, you know, if I think about putting something into a bag, I'll probably have like a flat or wicketed mailer. I'll, I'll have to scan something, I'll print out a label, I take it, I put it on the bag, I open it up, I put it in, I seal it, I bring it to a bin or something like that. I mean, all that can be automated to the point where uh, really you don't even need a person there, right? I mean, I've seen, if you if you really want, you know, I've seen what robots are doing, taking something out of a tote, scan, drop, and go, right? So uh, there's a lot that can be done. And then, you know, on the other side, you have to look at what makes sense from an investment standpoint. I mean, people are really good at doing certain tasks. So why have them open up a bag and put it in when I have a machine that can do that whole process for them? Gina, anything to, to add? Yeah, I think um, I, I briefly mentioned it before, but having solutions that can be versatile depending on um, what type of fulfillment method is really important. And so um, being able to have that flexibility within automation just makes it that much easier to uh, try to combat that labor perspective. Gotcha. So um, anything that, uh, any other thoughts that, that either one of you have on, on, on this topic, Gina? I think one thing is um, that we haven't quite covered yet is the returns and reverse logistics mm. challenge. Yeah. Um, and there was something that I found that said uh, 30% of all products ordered online are being returned and that the estimated cost of return deliveries is projected to increase to 348 billion by 2023. And I think that um, people are looking for innovative solutions and ways to try to reduce those costs. And a factor of that is within the packaging and how, um, making sure that it's the right package, but it makes it all the way through shipment without damage, things like that. Yeah. The return process is usually built into the bag, right, Greg? Or can be? Uh, yes, it, it certainly can be. I mean, I think returns are a big issue. Repack is an issue. Prep of the product is something to be looked at. Um, th there's so much there in terms of what can be done. I mean, my two cents are like, get a, you know, get somebody to give you a packaging audit, get some, you know, we all have, we all have people who can go into facilities and just start to like, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Like get that perspective to figure out where you're going to focus on. So. Great. So, 
Um, Greg, any other thoughts, any other questions that we haven't addressed yet? No, I mean, I, th- I think it's certainly, uh, this is a great topic and I appreciate being here and, uh, no, I think, I think you've covered at least an overview for what, what SLAM is certainly and uh, different areas where it can help improve people's businesses. Greg, how can they contact uh, Pack Machinery? Yeah, I mean, the, the easiest is to go to our website, packmachinery, pacmachinery.com. Uh, honestly, they can just shoot me an email, Greg, G-R-E-G, B as in boy at packmachinery.com, and I will uh, be happy to get them the help they need. Perfect. And Gina, how can they uh, contact felons? Yeah. So it's um, felons.com, F-E-L-I-N-S. And you can also reach out to myself, gina.barrio at felons.com. I really appreciate MHI playing this together. I think SLAM is such a unique space within the order fulfillment process that, um, hasn't necessarily been strictly defined. And so happy to have this conversation and talk about what we've seen in the industry. And um, hopefully it's been um, helpful for our listeners. Perfect. Yeah. If you want to learn more about SLAM, you can go to mhi.org backslash SLAM. Uh, We have 25 members. You can search for our members on that page. Uh, and and find more about the solution providers that you might need for your solution. So, um, and we will be continuing to build out the resources and add them to that site. So keep checking back and you'll see more and more resources around best practices and tools to build out your fulfillment processes. Thank you for joining us today, Greg and, and Gina. We appreciate your time and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast. Join us next time to learn more about the trends, technologies, solutions, and best practices that are moving the industry forward.